Hey everyone, you're listening to Summons from Gallifrey. This is a podcast dedicated to exploring the worlds and timelines of Doctor Who. I'm your host, Wazoo, and this is a feedback for last episode, which we were covering an unearthly child. That's right. We're going to be doing feedback, folks. I didn't make it very clear during the actual podcast, but I just wanted to make everyone aware that I would love this to be more of a discussion. It's not just me giving my my sermon or my opinion on these Doctor Who episodes. I would love to hear your feedback. I'd love to hear your take on things. What I've been living in my head forever, right? So once in a while, it's great to meet other people and see what they think about the same piece of content that you're watching. If you've got any feedback for the show, please direct it to mailbag at summonsfromgallifrey.com. I'll be checking this inbox quite a bit in between podcast episodes, just so I can gather up any feedback that y'all have and make sure to do an episode covering everything. All right. So for tonight, I'm enjoying a nice fatty coffee. I've got a about a cup and a half of coffee, some MCT oil, some some butter, some coconut oil, and some cinnamon. Yeah, it's pretty delicious. I'm loving it a lot. It's If you haven't explored the world of Bulletproof Coffee, there's a whole ton of different recipes. Uh, I've been doing keto now for roughly a year, I would say. I think a year, a year and a little bit. Last year, around this time, no, not around this time, but last year I was clocking in at around 260 pounds, which is pretty much the heaviest I've ever been in my entire life. So I decided to try out this keto thing that I found online and lots of people were talking about at the time. And along with some intermittent fasting, I've been dropping myself down to 210. So one day I hope to be down to 199, what we call Wonderland. So if you've done it yourself, congratulations. It's quite an accomplishment. At any rate, that's what I'm enjoying tonight while we go through this feedback. All right. So first up, we've got Colin from San Jose. Colin writes in, first time listener, first time emailer. <laughs> so true. Thanks, Colin. Nicely, jo- nicely done and good job getting it kicked off. That's the hardest step. From here, the sky's the limit, so just keep it going. Thanks, Colin. I definitely want to. As a very big Doctor Who fan, I enjoyed listening to this. I have these episodes myself, and I've enjoyed them all. Awesome. Well, I hope, I hope you continue to write in and provide any feedback that you've got. Okay, Colin says, my take on this episode. I find the pace of the show hard to chew on. I can't tell if that's just a product of the times in which it was written, or if it was a choice made in the interest of keeping the Doctor mysterious. I have seen a lot of episodes in my life. Not all of them, of course. I am not sure I could sit through all of them at this point but I hadn't seen these until I was much older. I found the character of the Doctor to be very aloof compared to recent incarnations. I also found it odd that he had a granddaughter when there was no mention of family in the later years. Was she too an alien? It's not clear even in these early shows. At times she would be, she would be afoot from the adults in the room and be unaware that we're talking about her. Was she an experiment gone awry? <laughs> There has even been footage in recent years of him sneaking around on Gallifrey in order to steal the TARDIS. She wasn't present. Did he go and get her afterwards? These episodes bring up so many questions for me. Excellent, Colin. Thank you so much. I would love to get through some of these questions. All right. So first of all, yes. And before I even start, we haven't even talked about spoilers. Now, 
spoilers is kind of tricky because I feel that if you haven't seen a show 50 years ago now, 50 years old, I, I think it's safe to say that we can spoil this. This Obviously, this, this first episode isn't going to have very many spoilers at all, given that it's the first episode. And the crew are still building the mythology. They're still building how to tell a very good Doctor Who story. I would say, first of all, Susan, it's not really clear why they wanted to have a granddaughter character in the show. Uh, initially, I think it was just to be able to attract younger viewers. They were really trying to push the family angle. Having her there initially kind of gave gave away for the younger, the young adult audience to kind of maybe check this story out. But you're right, uh, she didn't have, uh, I haven't seen all of the William Hartner episodes, so maybe I should be careful how I phrase this, but from the ones I've seen and, and from the overviews that I've seen of some of the season, early the early seasons, they never do explore the relationship she has with the Doctor. They, they've left it as her granddaughter, Susan. She even has the same line pretty much in the Five Doctors episode in which her and the First Doctor appear. They still just mention grandfather. Uh, there's no, there's absolutely nothing at all that they explore beyond that. Now, to your comment about the character of the Doctor be very aloof. Yes. Yes, I totally agree. It really sounded like Newman wanted to make the Doctor create a character that was definitely mysterious and definitely alien, although he looked human. But I, I, I think that they wanted to leave themselves a, a buffer. I mean, here's this character with an actually working time machine, sort of working. It kind of goes where he wants it to go sometimes. But instead of writing themselves into a corner from the very first episode by defining too much about him, I think they wisely leave it very, very mysterious, very ambiguous in order to be able to build on him throughout the first couple of years while they're working on developing his story, working on developing the character. And same thing goes with William Hartnell himself. Since this was a brand new show, brand new concept, I think he himself, it took a few stories for him to figure out how to play the Doctor, how to not be completely annoying and upset all the time, but remain mysterious. Re uh, a constant reminder to the audience that he was an alien. We, we saw this in an, an Unearthly Child quite a bit when Ian and Barbara were trying to help uh, Za with his injuries in the forest, and the Doctor would just be standing there watching them. You know, he, he, he was the first one who wanted to run back to the TARDIS and get away from the tribe, get away from, from everyone there. So juxtapose this with later seasons when you've got like uh, Peter Davidson, for example, the fifth doctor. If anyone was hurt, he would be the first one there, you know, kneeling by them and seeing if they were okay. And, you know, Tom Baker did the same thing too, uh, the fourth doctor. So, yeah, I, I think they were, they were just really trying to underscore how alien he was. Okay. Was she an experiment gone awry? That's a great question. I really don't know. I don't think the series will ever take on that answer. <laughs> There's been comics, comic book stories, uh, like a, a lot of stuff, a lot of material that's, that ha that's not considered canon that have sort of explored their relationship. But as far as I know, again, there's, there's been nothing sort of acknowledged as this is the definitive relationship between the Doctor and Susan. Okay, back to Colin's letter. 
He says, thank, anyways, thanks for taking the time to share this. I'd love to hear more of your commentary on it. Well, thank you again, Colin. I love the questions. Keep writing in. Okay, next up we have Sheila from the East Coast. Sheila writes in, thanks for putting this podcast together. Hopefully you can keep it going. I really enjoyed the first episode and I want to hear more. Well, thank you, Sheila. I really appreciate that. Yep, as much as possible, I want to keep this going. I'm really having a good time and I'm really looking forward to going through some of these stories as we get through some of the doctors. Then Sheila writes, I noticed you don't have any intro or outro music. What's up with that? Well, <laughs> what's up with that, Sheila, is that, I don't know, I, one technique that, that I really love and it never seems to get old whenever I'm watching a series is what they call a cold open. So The Walking Dead does this quite a bit. Actually, a lot of zombie shows I've seen this technique, and that's where they they run the show. They start the episode roughly 3, 5, 10, it can be even up to 15 minutes before you see the intro music and intro credits come on. And I love that. I don't know why. I just, I really love that. It, it adds, it, to me, it seems to add a lot of tension. Uh, of course, it depends on the episode you're watching, et cetera, et cetera, but... It, it, it's really a, a fantastic way to get you into the story right away is now what they call a cold open. And that, yeah, that's, that's my reason. And plus also, I just, I get tired. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of YouTube shows and the, the intro and outro music starts to drive me bananas now. It's everywhere. And I just want to get into the content of whatever it is I'm listening to. And I don't need to hear the same tune over and over and over again. I, I'm not, I'm not downplaying it. I, I just, I'm tired of it. That's all. So I really, I really kind of, I want to try this out for a while and see how it, see how it fits everyone. So for now, there won't be any intro or outro music. But if you want to submit anything, please send it to mailbag at summonsfromgallifrey.com. If you maybe you're you hack away at some techno tracks or synth or anything. I would love to hear anything. And maybe I'll use that as intro and outro music. Thanks a lot for your email, Sheila. Okay, next up we've got Luke from Illinois. Luke writes in, hey, I'm, I just came across this podcast and I really enjoyed the first episode. Well, thank you, Luke. Guess what? There is only one episode. So you're, you're just in luck. Uh, then Luke makes a comment that... Then Luke says, you're probably aware of this, but you say outside both times when describing the TARDIS for the first time. AKA, the TARDIS is bigger on the outside than the outside. Yes, my apologies, Luke. I'm really sorry. I was kind of excited going through this for the first time when I was doing the recording. And yes, I admit, now when I listen back to it, it sounds pretty silly. The TARDIS is bigger on the inside than the outside. <laughs> I got quite a few comments along similar lines. So thanks very much, everyone. Definitely just an oops by me. Yep. Then I have Sylvius the Mad writing in. Sylvius the Mad says, Dude, 20 shillings to a pound, 12 pence to a shilling. It only gets confusing when you realize a guinea is worth 21 shillings. Oh boy. Thank you, Sylvius the Mad. I'm going to take your word for it. I'm not going to Google that. I'm just enjoying it. I find I'm stopping to write comments on the content because it's interesting. I'm finding the episode super engaging. I'll try to make it to the end now before babbling on about 1960s television technology. <laughs> Thanks, Silvius. I really appreciate it. Again, please continue to submit feedback to the show. Mailbag at summonsfromgallifrey.com. 
I'll gather all these all these feedback items up in between the main podcast podcast releases and go through them as soon as I can. Okay, so one last point from Sylvius the Mad says, good job navigating around hers terrible, terrible name. Oh my gosh, Sylvius. Oh my gosh. For those who only listened to me describe an Unearthly Child episode, I came up with the princess because although that's exactly what her character is, her name in the story is her. H-U-R-R. Just awful. Because as you start saying sentences using her, it sounds like you're using the pronoun her and not her, the princess her. It is, it's just terrible. So as you start making sentences like her and Za followed, followed the doctor and the crew into the forest and then her stumbles on the, the pig that's in the middle of the clearing, right? I mean, terrible, terrible. Anyways, thank you, Sylvius, for pointing that out and reminding me to mention it. Yeah, it's... I'm finding... I'm still trying to find a balance between providing some, some of my own commentary while I'm describing the synopsis of these episodes. So I, I don't want to get too off track while I'm trying to finish the synopsis, but at the same time, uh, there's going to be points that I may miss while I'm doing the podcast and then forget to mention it during, during these feedback episodes. The main feeling I'm trying to capture is when I saw some of these stories for the very first time and encountered Doctor Who back when I was 15-ish. I can't even remember the first, first episode I saw, the first story. I, it's really, I'm really drawing a blank every time I try to remember. But I do recall that it, they were always on Saturday nights they would be coming on roughly 11.30, 12 o'clock, and they were broadcast from the only station I could pick it up from, from Calgary here in Canada, is a station called KSPS TV Spokane. So shout out for anyone who ever heard of KSPS Spokane and or donated to the channel. I, I tried to every single time they had a telethon, which it, it's a public TV sta- it was a public TV station at the time, let me tell you, they because it's a public station relying on public dollars, they had those donation drives every, it felt like every month. It was probably every quarter, but it felt like every month. And they were actually, I got to really enjoy them because sometimes they would have like a, they would really have specials during their donation drives. So uh, that's when I first saw the five doctors. They had that with them on one particular Doctor Who donation drive. Another time they were doing a Red Dwarf. So I got to see all, you know, I think it was all season one and two they would play at once of Red Dwarf. And they've done it for a lot of shows. So things like Blackadder, things like Faulty Towers. That's how I first encountered a lot of those, a lot of the, that content from Britain is through KSPS. So salute to KSPS Spokane. But at any rate, I'm almost done the story. So KSPS was a small small station in Spokane, Washington, and it wasn't until, I don't know, 20 years later when I Googled it just out of the blue for the because I suddenly remembered about it. So I Googled it, and it turned out to be running from an abandoned church basement, which I just found hilarious. I don't know why. I don't know. I just thought it was like the coolest thing ever to find out that it was in the basement of a church. I, I don't know if it was abandoned. I think I made that part up. 
<laughs> but it would have been cool. Anyway, so let's see. Her, her. Oh, I did. I did want to mention. I didn't really mention it when I was discussing the episode, but on the subject of her, I really had to giggle a little bit at her, the elder, her's father, the one who plays her's father in the story, because he really looked like a. He, to me, he really looked like Will Ferrell playing playing a caveman. So now every time I watch it, I'm just seeing Will Ferrell dressed up as a caveman. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this feedback episode. I didn't expect to be going through very much just because it's the beginning of everything. This is kind of the first, the first, it's a new podcast. It's a first episode, but I really appreciate everyone who contacted me so far. Please keep listening. Please keep telling your friends. Anyone who will listen to you that there's this new Doctor Who podcast and we're going through the first and the last episodes of each of the first seven Doctors. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. Please join me next episode when we talk about William Hartnell's final story, The Tenth Planet by Jerry Davis. It's a pretty good Cyberman story. In fact, it's the first Cyberman story. It's the first Cyberman story and there's definitely a lot of interesting drama, both in front and behind the cameras. So join me next time. My name is Wazoo, and this is Summons from Gallifrey. Peace out, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed the quality shows presented today on your public television station. Be sure to join us again tomorrow for another great day of television on public TV. This is KSPS-TV, Channel 7, Spokane, Washington. Public television for portions of four states and two provinces of Canada. KSPS-TV is owned and operated by the Spokane Public Schools. Studios and offices are located at South 3911 Regal Street. The transmitter and tower site are situated on Crail Hill. By authority of the Federal Communications Commission, Washington, D.C., KSPS-TV transmits at the legal power of 282,000 watts visual and 28.2,000 watts oral. Good night.